I'm gearing myself up. <laughs> That's fine. Good evening and welcome to Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Me, Chris. And me, Stash. Today, we're going to go over uh, a couple of bits that have happened in the week, mainly uh, FTX and their absolute collapse. And then after we've gone over FTX and talked about sort of the things that have gone wrong there, we'll talk about other options, how you should be storing your assets, where should you be keeping them to keep them safe, and, you know, things to be looking out for. So if we pass over to Stash, would you like to give us a quick little summary of what's been going on with FTX and how it is also FTXed up? Yeah, so basically never trust anyone don't trust people with your money do not leave your money on centralized exchanges and that they have your best interest as we've seen with uh celsius celsius we've seen with ftx now that supposedly oh everyone thought all my like all the big names thought yeah the, these guys have the best people we trust them everything like they're going to manage all our assets absolutely not they did did not care one bit. They created parent companies. Uh, you will hear heard about Alameda Research going down under, which FTX used their own customer funds to bail these companies out. And they have accounts for these super rich people that they said we're going to take care of you, which they have locked accounts, which they cannot even access for a certain amount of period, whatever they agreed to. And they think, yeah, that's fine. That's great. But secretly, they've been essentially embezzling these funds to God knows where, paying themselves. Apparently, it turned out that the owners of these companies were in some kind of sex cabal and that they were all having sexual relations. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. 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 And yeah, it, it, it just feels weird how some of the most powerful people in this world supposedly believe these nine people that they're gonna change the world for them but yeah it, it sounds like something out of like a documentary series no, or something like that like one they're, twist they're, after the other and I, i'm sure they're gonna make a documentary about this i mean yeah absolutely the amount of twists and turns that have happened in just the last week um starting off with well the whole crash really i guess um yeah and then going from that to CZN, what, yeah, the Binance guy trying to buy them. And then, and yeah, it was just, it's been a mess of a week. I, I think there's a really weird thing going on with like crypto at the moment where places like FTX and Celsius, they appear from the outside, like got a great website, load of advertising, all this sort of stuff. They look like banks, like they look like legitimate financial institutions that have got, you know, big insurance and they've got covenants over them and they've got financial regulation and all this that's what they look like to people but they're just not they are just not regulated in the same way so i think people get lured in or even like businesses big businesses get lured in going oh, okay we can put money here because it's like a bank or it's like a trading you know it's it's like a hargreaves lands down something like a big investment broker and you're like it absolutely isn't and the, the people i was um looking at was it was on the ontario teachers pension trust had 93 million dollars in ftx and you think like do these guys understand where they're putting their money like and that's not i'm not trying to sound you know i totally agree i'm like do they physically understand what they've put their money on and they go okay we should be in crypto let's put it in here and it's like you you've given 93 million dollars to some guy 
And it's like, I, know, I granted, obviously, there's a business behind it and stuff, but I just think uh, I'm not sure that some of the older investors or some of the traditional investors understand the risks Absolutely. that or they don't care because it's not their money. FYI, if anyone that is watching has $93 million and wants to send it my way, I will happily accept that. I will keep it safe for you. Like, <laughs> just, just letting you know. <laughs> Chris is just some guy and we'll help with him. And we yeah, think he's yeah. really trustful as well. <laughs> and when you give us that money, we'll spot some Mercedes F1 and then they'll drop us like it's hot when we crash and we've got no cash. So <laughs> I I just, I, I don't know if you boys agree. Like It looks to me like all these crypto institutions are making themselves look legitimate but they just don't have there's nothing behind it like uh, and you have to you just have to trust some of them we talked a little bit about it last week didn't we like sponsoring the big events and like Mm. having your name on the side of a stadium right that makes you seem legitimate obviously and it's really we're living in sort of unprecedented times like you can't trust anyone like the I mean, we're on the brink of a financial crisis, cost of living crisis already, like everything like that. Big companies going broke is a very, very sort of proper risk right now. Like people are sort of can easily lose lots and lots of money. And I I guess obviously there was there was a lot more to do with it the whole FTX thing, there was a lot more like scandal and very, very bad running of the company. Um, But it's, it's a scary time really for Uh, financials. And there's going to be a massive knockback effect on this because I don't know if you've read what happened with the whole Celsius things and like that people were unfortunately committing suicide because they had their entire life and they were investing in it. And like, imagine those people seeing like you can't get your money back but this is my money and but and this is where we have to come in because the normal banks now are saying oh you can't withdraw your money because um even though it's your money it's gonna not enough money for everyone else because they're overspending and they're losing so much money so this is where one thing crypto has positive where we can have a way to keep it off those exchanges the thing is and this week people have got to understand this what FTX have done is what banks do. They, they tr- so banks obviously want us to deposit our money with them. They then go and trade it, lend out in mortgages. They do all sorts of things with it, right? But what the exchanges, like the crypto exchanges, don't have that the banks have is taxpayers. Because at the end of the day, when the banks collapse, we foot the bill. Yeah, because because uh, they can't have the banks collapse. So that's the and that's why uh, I think when we look at problems like this, banks would run exactly the same as this if they weren't regulated. And, and that's the thing is that I don't think any of this is particularly new from financial institutions. I just think that we have over years and years and years of having banks regulated it and sort of fixed the problem. Like, maybe not fixed it, but like like the big, like obviously people thought, like, oh, the mortgage bonds, they're gold clad in 2008. And it's they're not. Uh, so I, I'm not sure we can trust the fiat banks any more than the crypto people, but at least the fiat banks have some insurance behind them, regulation, governments, etc. Because at the end of the day, if Bank of America is going to go bust, they get the American people to bail it out. But if you know FTX is going bust, tough tips. There's, there's no one there. Yeah. So I think there's no such thing as too big to fail. 
in crypto. Like when you when you're unregulated, when you're decentralized, sort of like you're kind of taking the risk because of the decentralization and big risk regulation. Like everyone says, literally might be just one percent out of everything out there is going to survive, or or potentially it could be just a failed experiment, which I highly doubt. But it's really interesting. What what do you boys think about this? So obviously, right, a lot of the crypto people, you get some crypto people who are proper like libertarians. So like, no, I love crypto because it means there's no big man in the sky looking down on me. My money's my money. I can do what I want with it. But but do you not think that to protect people? some centralization is needed do you see what i mean because if it's completely decentralized you get people just taking the money and leaving and what's the consequence no, so, I, 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 mean, I totally agree that's why the like with the certain blockchain there they have to choose between like scalability decentralization centralization i personally think yeah part of me is like for the freedom of information kind of thing i want the blockchain to be you can see everything and everyone what to do and like some of the stuff that they're realizing with FTX what they've been doing is because of the power of the blockchain, everything is visible. You can't hide away from corruption and stuff. But at the same time, I feel people aren't ready for this kind of power. This is going to be a generation generational thing, maybe that we, we might roll out for our kids or our grandchildren. We need to educate these people because right now people are just going into it blindly. And it's like so new. Okay, I'm going to jump on it. Crypto, crypto, crypto. There needs to be a generational change. And it's going to be instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if either of you were invested in Lunar at all. Yeah, I had a bit. I didn't touch when that. I when did. that happened. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. 20% returns per year and went, nah. Like what? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, it doesn't make, you can't promise me 20% returns every year and not. Something ping. Well, that, that's the thing, going back to what we said last week about, about the scams, right? If someone says that they're going to make you money, definitely, then run as far as you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had two Luna. I was there. I bought at about £55. Um, then, obviously, it hit, like, heights of $150 or something like that. And then I was pretty stupid. And on the way down... I was buying. I was like, there's no way this can go lower. Come on. Like, yeah. So I ended up in the end with a thousand Luna and I'd spent about 600 quid. Oh, my God. Brutal. Yeah. And then then obviously Luna went to 0.001. And I was like, you know what? Well, since I've got my thousand, might as well make it uh, 650,000 for an extra 50 quid yeah so i've still got that and that's now worth i think 150 so i've made a little bit back i think luna's basically the new meme coin kind of like shit yeah exactly exactly. they will pump it every now and then and maybe want it's it's, it's a completely dead project but people are just going to do it for the lot so you Mm. it's a moonshot all all publicity is good publicity yeah i've seen it go up from there to like 300 and i was like yeah, maybe uh, cash it out now. And then it went down the next day to like 200. And I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it. See where, see what happens. If it goes to zero, like, yeah. Um, But yeah, like you don't expect it to happen. That's the thing, especially for me in that situation. I never envisioned Luna going to 
from yeah, you, you got so emotional pounds. that's the thing you you got yeah. attached to it which is the biggest mistake to make in crypto yeah exactly and so i was so confident going down i was like oh my god luna at 10 pounds a coin mm. yeah I'm, I'm in it's really difficult isn't it because you've watched it climb like you've watched it climb and climb and climb and climb and climb and you're like and in your head you're probably sat there because everyone does this you see that 80 quid and you think oh, if only i bought it 10 and then you see it hit 10 and you think, oh, fantastic. I'll buy that <laughs> because, because you're like, I wish I had. And then and then uh, you don't realize that the whole project is crumbling. Absolutely. Yeah. So, right. So, so FTX obviously had its big old crumble, big old fall. And it makes me very cautious about exchanges. Hmm. What do you guys use to, to store your crypto? And if you just give me all your keys and stuff, just send them across to me. Copy and paste it in the chat. Send it all to me. I'll just double check that's safe. Yeah. Um, no, but like, what, what do you guys use? Like, do you use a mix of exchanges, safe like, uh, software wallets, hardware wallets? Like, what do you boys use? Who's going first? You go, Sash. Okay, yeah. So I have a beautiful, shiny Legend Nano X where I, originally I used it for stuff that this is literally my savings for the rest of my life kind of stuff like i'm buying it doesn't matter what price it goes in it'll sit in there and it's basically a storage vault that no one has access to apart from me because um it's offline cold storage essentially it's only hot when i plug it into my computer do my secret beep boop buttons and that ensures if ftx collapse my money is still my money because it's not on their exchange, not on their servers, their keys. Like the big saying, not your keys, not your crypto. Because when you're on a centralized exchange, they hold ownership to all your keys for um, practicality sake and make it easier for you. But in, as we just saw, like people still think that these bank, neo banks, I like to call them, these crypto exchanges are going to be in your best interest. As soon as they start failing, they're going to use. And there's some shady things that I've seen, like when they, the whole Celsius thing, that they will use your crypto to, as collateral to pay off all the big people first. And then you guys are just left with what drips and drabs. So, so can I just loop around that, Stash? Chris, do you use any hard hard wallets? Like, no? I'm, I'm very silly. I I have mine. Heresy. See, I, I also, Stash, I also do not have a hardware wallet. Her ah! I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, right. But do okay. you, the Met, you have MetaMask, right? So uh, you yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a MetaMask. Okay. I've got a soft wallet. But but then I, I just like to touch on, because Sash mentioned some really, really good bits about having a hardware wallet. Is It's secure. You've got the keys. Can't hack into it because Sash doesn't have it online. Can't find it. But there are some drawbacks in that Stash might be clumsy and drop it. Or lose it, ah. or or it could go up in a house fire. There are obviously risks to having it. It's been smart. I have hidden my keys in two separate locations with a cipher, so no one could ever re realize it. And we'll be releasing those locations in the cipher yes. as part oh, of our game. drop. Find my so, cipher. So that's a great. So that's a good question, Sash. Right. So what protects you? from a house fire with so, that i have bought myself i don't know right it's not in my house this mm -hmm. house no one to rob me it's i bought a metal um it's these fireproof kind of things that store your yeah. seed and it's fireproof 
I, I've got one of those for birth certificates and all that hundred, sort of stuff. Yeah, so essentially I've put down my seed phrases on this metal piece of paper, not in the correct order because I'm not stupid enough. If someone does find it, they'll be like, oh my God, there's a key for something. They're going to use it. So one thing I would say to anyone, when you do set up a MetaMask and that, never put them in order. You create yourself some kind of secret way that you know what to do because bound to be in a few years, someone's going to come across something. So, yeah. Do you know what I think is really funny is you say about that. I don't know if you guys know that Mr. Beast had his house robbed and they took his laptop with two million dollars of bitcoin on it back when bitcoin was about 100 quid and um and he said his his seed phrase and his passwords were on a like a sticker on his laptop right he went in and they nicked his laptop they nicked like a load of other stuff like phones or whatever he went on cleared out, uh, he went onto his, wherever it was, I think it was on exchange or something actually, and he just transferred it all out because the, the robber hadn't looked at it. They had no idea what those words were, no idea what any of it was. Amazing. And he was like, oh, that's so lucky. He was like, they got like a grand laptop, but I've got $2 million in Bitcoin. He's talking about it on a podcast the other week. Um, wow. But it, it's stuff like that where actually a very, t- I, I suspect the crossover of people nicking stuff Versus getting know what the crypto is, maybe at that point it was so tiny that actually that was not a a crazy system. Think about, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but so that's that's a I think that's a great discussion point there where we go right. So hardware, well, it's super secure, really good, but there is the risk of physical damage to them. You know, you could lose fire, theft, etc. And Stash given some great ideas of how if you're doing it physically, places to store it so that they're still functional, useful, but that you're not going to get robbed by your mate probably more likely than an actual thief who knows about crypto because that i know that's a horrible no, thing i to totally say. agree with you it's yeah. the people that are close to you are more likely to be like jealousy and stuff like that i i well, you experience in real life something goes successful you sometimes people close to you be like hang on a second well, they get a bit jealous and you never know like one of my moon bags becomes 20 million and mm. I'm, one thing i would say if we're future crypto millionaires we we don't tell people because that just sets a target on our back kind of yeah, thing. Me, me and Chris would be right around your house to rob you. you got two exactly. bearded blokes. <laughs> we'll as, straight- as we said last, last week, this, this podcast will go on with you, <laughs> me, and whoever we get to replace that. <laughs> Absolutely. But so, right. <laughs> What are you living in the Bahamas then? Yeah, while I'm, yeah, while yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll be watching you guys. Ironically, some... we'll call our wallet the stash yeah. next, next week. <laughs> the virtual backgrounds with like palm trees, green <laughs> screen it up. So, right, so we've done hardware, that's cool. What, right, Christopher, what yeah. do we then use as your, what's your uh, next one? I use, I use an exchange, I use crypto.com i have it all in the crypto.com account all in crypto.com i did also have it on i have some on my kraken so when i started out i opened up kraken and a crypto.com account and i sort of yeah i've just kept them on there the whole time i have used the staking like perks and stuff like that quite a lot Mm -hmm. so because i'm not a day trader i don't really like I'm known amongst my friends as the guy who just doesn't sell when I should. Yeah. Um, but I lock my crypto up and just have it staked and earning sort of residual income. I know obviously that's not completely correct because 
that prices fluctuate. Like I remember I had Sheeb and there was a massive pump in Sheeb and I had my Sheeb locked up for the next month. Like yeah. I couldn't get it out. So, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because it's difficult though, because like, uh, as you say, that like, if you're happy, if you go, do you know what, actually a 5% return annually is all I want. It doesn't matter if that price fluctuates or not, because if you're getting your 5%, or I don't know what Sheeb's like is, but like, I know you get decent APIs of like, you can get one on ETH2 was like, before that merge happened, it's like 4% on ETH. Yeah. It's like, if, well, if I'm happy to get 4% on, I don't know, a thousand pounds or something a year, which is like bank interest, you could, you can do. I, I think, mm. so, so sorry, just, so we've got hardware wallets on this side. We've got on exchanges this side. Do So Chris, you don't use any middle ground soft wallets. Uh, so I do have a MetaMask, obviously, uh, all my NFT stuff. Um, I've got some ETH on there as well. Um, so I do, but obviously my main at least for crypto yeah my main stuff is all on exchanges you can kind of have like a supposedly cold wallet on metamask like you know you can create multiple accounts you yeah. you can create one account that you, you can just name it as don't touch kind of thing and you never if you never connect that specific wallet to like the blockchain to any d app you've never have been able to risk it so I have like multiple accounts on my MetaMask that will be like the burner wallet. Every time I mint a new NFT, I'm creating a totally brand new wallet then because there's no risk of anything like that. Mm. But that's, that's the way you can protect yourself in like the, that kind of MetaMask area. So when we're, when we're talking to people, we've got, we've got a hardware wallet, really secure, but sort of you need to either plug it in or connect to it to Bluetooth yeah. to get stuff off it. And then the other end, we've got exchanges, which allow uh, staking, instant trading instant buying instant selling so that's that's a good thing and then we talked about in the middle with the soft wallets is you've got a mixture of the two where it's a live system where it's you don't need to go and grab something and plug it in and if the house burns down you've still got it but it is not constantly connected to an exchange and depending on what soft wallet you've got you've probably got the keys yes so i think that's a a decent summary of the three yeah can I so, do one more shout out? When we we, we went to a conference called Zebu Live, and there's this project I've been following for a long time called Copiosa. And basically, they are bridging the crypto exchange that's centralized with like the MetaMask decentralization. They're offering all the uh, centralized exchange approach, but you own all your keys and you're able to interact in de- the decentralized world you can buy all these like new cryptos and stuff that you could not get on the centralized exchanges because they're slightly smaller and stuff like that and the technology that they use is potentially also saving those individuals from being scammed as well and is anything like that as part of their offering when we spoke to them, stash was that they essentially know that the small market cap coins can sometimes have very similar spoofed names or because they're small you know if you go on like um i don't know what's, what's a good thing any, putting any three letters on crypto market cap and you will get a selection of you know whatever t-o-r t-o-y whatever you know it's, you'll have a selection and part of uh copiosa that's the one part of their offering was essentially to verify the icos that they were looking at where they were maybe not icos but small market cap coins and be like this isn't a complete rubbish yeah. coin. There's actually a project here. Initially, create these scam coins just to get those people that are, aren't 
not say clever enough, but not they'll be like, okay, this is the first one. I'm going to just buy this coin. They don't know. have the time to do the research because because if you want wide market appeal, it needs to be easy for people. And obviously, the stock exchange does that by having a limited number and only having one of each, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, TSLA's Tesla or whatever, but crypto doesn't have that luxury and so obviously you've got to risk i mean i i mean blockchain's a weird one but i'm a bit like sometimes like these obvious scam coins that get made i think you can't purge them off the blockchain but i'd love it if they could just blacklist them like That's what I mean. uh, this is where the centralization approach comes which which yeah kind of xrp like in the future like they they will be able to because banks want to have ability to let's say freeze assets in for example they are used for nefarious mm. purposes and I think, okay, they'll probably, I guess, maybe my blockchain of choice won't be that where they can just instantaneously freeze your asset because it's still for the banking members, but that does have these advantages to prevent these kind of bad situations of happening. I mean, we've all had, I assume we've all had coins sent to us. Oh, here's, here's a million visit, visit da-da-da.io, and you're like, this is just rubbish. Like, there, there should be some sort of spam. Well, I, I would like the wallets that I use to have some sort of nice spam filter where it's like, actually anything that comes in from this, just either send it to like a, a um, what could you call it? Like, um, like a temporary a wallet. Send it, yeah. Send it to like a burn wallet, temporary wallet. If pick up, if, Oh, if anything's got a visit in the name or something, truck it over there. Or if I'm being sent a lot, you know, and obviously, you know, some small market cap coins, you might be trading a billion off, but you know what I mean? But like, typical for me, if I go, oh, actually, I trade ETH and I trade Bitcoin, I do like a bit of that, I'm never going to buy a billion of anything. Yeah. If a billion comes in, go and chuck that in a burn wallet and see if I actually want it. And obviously, I, I get that that's not really how blockchain works. But if you're in MetaMask, for example, say you had a public-facing escrow wallet, yeah. at which point you can then go in and accept them and it sends it through to your real wallet or sends to a burn wallet, that would be maybe a good system. Yeah, I, I totally agree with these kind of, I think we just need the next generations of wallets to decide that peop, what people want and kind of stuff. And you'll be able to filter that in the future because I am following a few different wallets mm. that are potentially building what they do. I go on them to see if I like or not. Some aren't better than others. I just use MetaMask because right now, majority of apps use MetaMask mm. as the first kind of thing. And it is much harder to use than certain uh, wallets there are so many easier wallets that i could mention but i'm not going to mention right now on the set i'll do it on a separate thing but metamask is hard yeah <laughs> a, a lot of stuff in crypto is not particularly user friendly is it and then yeah. i think that's part of the problem like i was i was on a i was had a walk today and i'm gonna i'll give you a little bit of james's fireside story time Amazing. I, I had a nice family walk today around a big gorge and um, I was, I had my, my step-grandma, is that a thing? Um, I was talking to her and she was an artist all of her life. And you talk to her about like art and NFTs. And she's like, no, just don't get it. Never going to get it. And it's like, it makes me a bit sad because that technology is keeping those people who love it out of it because it's just too hard to use. But if, you know, you could give her a simple way of going in, because I, sh- I then showed her some art of some people that I like. And she was like, well, the art's really cool. But I would, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd get it. But the lack of tangibility, the fact that it's difficult to get into. And uh, we talked about this last week as well. Just uh, I think we need to get those barriers as low as possible to get as many people in. 100%. Usable um, friendliness is the key. 
Yeah, I, I have something, a similar story to you. So uh, my uncle, uh, he's in his 60s, but um, he was a lecturer of illustration for 35 years. Like he does his own art. He's always done his own art and stuff like that. And I took him with me. I went to an expo. It was like Ethereal Collective Expo in uh, London. Yeah. Um, and it was like an exhibition, NFT exhibition kind of. They had a few speakers, stuff like that. Similar to Zebu Live, not on the same scale though. Um, but you just went around, you had a chat with a few people. There were some nice people trying to explain to him and stuff like that. But afterwards when we left, he was like, thing is, I think it needs a bit of a kick up the ass because none of that art was actually any good. <laughs> he was like, that's the thing. Like, it seems as if the art isn't the priority. And you met a few people, I don't know, that collector, that supposed showroom that had these high-end kind of NFTs. Mm. That... Yeah. And, and I think that the whole, especially with the older art community, right, they're in it for the art. They're not necessarily in it for, I don't know, the usability, the perks, the this, that, the other. Um, and when you see a project which is meant to be like, I don't know, a PFP project, trying to do all these other things, but they've not addressed the main issue, which is PFP is just crap. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Life they're, is not, all... they're not enticing the older generation. Life is all a value proposition. Yeah. You know, why would you pay why would you pay X amount for a pint of beer because you're in a football ground or rugby ground or whatever, and that's how much it costs, and you want one and you're there and you have to then pay it. And I think mm. for the older generation, the value proposition is good art that is creative that they love. And I think for some of the younger people, and I'm a little bit, I'm I'm really quite pessimistic on some of the NFT stuff because I, and this links links back to a thing of mine. I think some of the Web3 community are so money focused yeah. and they want to monetize the whole thing that I sometimes think a little bit like you're missing the point though, where people are like, oh, I'm collecting NFTs. Why? Oh, because I can I think I can get a big return on it. And it's like, yeah, but who's buying it off you? Someone else who thinks they can get a big return off it. Like at a certain point, some you, you've got to just appreciate that you like what you bought. Yeah. yeah. I go for the community. That's what my the, my main driver is. If I like the people, like there's but your lovely stash. <laughs> but no, but not that's but not thing. not everyone is. I know, I know. That's, that's my biggest flaw. I I think, oh yeah, you, everyone wants to be for the same reasons, and it's like, oh, great. That, he, he thinks he's gorgeous. <laughs> he thinks he's but absolutely stunning. <laughs> I mean, we obviously met an FTX, but we bumped into each other, just started talking, yeah. and instant friends right and we spent yeah. the whole weekend or whatever it was the whole two days of the expo we basically spent together so there are yeah, yeah people in there that you just need to sort of i guess locate them <laughs> yeah so uh, i think sorry i was just i was just going to tie back around to the whole sort of today's topics yeah so <laughs> just just to what pump us back on the track that we, we started on because i love chatting to you boys but <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll stay stay on the ftx and a bit of the um a wallets for a bit yeah we're happy with ftx and the, the issues with exchanges we've talked about like alternative options but if you're mm -hmm. like chris and you primarily primarily want to be on exchanges because you like the staking or whatever do we have any exchanges that you guys think are better than others 
like obviously you mentioned crypto.com i've mentioned kraken earlier um i just wonder if people know the alternatives and issues with some and issues with others there was a recent i was it yesterday that there was an article published that's now every all the big exchanges have um released all their assets that they own and what they don't do and i definitely think like binance he announced it a few days ago as well that he doesn't use bnb as clash or is it like Mm. Like I think like collateral and doesn't like leverage it and stuff like like that, which which was the demise of FTX essentially. Like they are way more sensible. I don't know if I trust them. They may be just saying that just to make us feel better. But I definitely think Binance is number one, but it's not user friendly. Mm. That's why I sometimes uh, go to Crypto.com because well, that was one of the first exchanges I started with. Because it was, I downloaded all of them. It was friendly, and I thought it was better than Coinbase. Because Coinbase is just a bit too basic for me. Yeah, I think isn't Binance the number one exchange? It is number one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like obviously, Crypto.com must be up there. Um, Coinbase must be up there. Yeah. Um, Kraken, I, I guess, is a bit smaller. Um, but you get to yeah. your own keys. That's the thing. Well, Kraken mm. is amazing. They get like the. I think. Value wise, I think that the CEO of Kraken, he is like the coolest, but I still think Kraken is the harder one to use as well. That's why I'm, I want yeah. an exchange that's easy, but at the same time, well, I don't know. We just need to, I guess, just time will tell. So, one thing that sort of put me off with crypto initially, because I was confused by it, was exchanging, buying one asset and exchanging switching doing like a pancake swap or whatever and exchanging mm. that for that like mm. i just wanted to use money and buy it for money right like and there are some coins which you can't do that you yeah, can't use fear to buy and this Whereas, is come to is about liquidity pairings and stuff yeah. like that. how how the whole exchange in crypto on like decentralized way like there is sometimes you can buy it for usdc or usdt or only in exactly like that like try try explaining all of that to i don't know your mum who's like 60 right <laughs> like they're not gonna understand uh like the only reason why i understand was because i sat down and i was like okay let me look into this a little bit let me do a couple of tests i made stupid mistakes as well when i was first like exchanging coins like i accidentally i think i had i don't know 57 of some coin that i got free from an airdrop and I wanted to convert it to another one. I accidentally typed in 56, did the transaction. And then I was like, oh, I've still got that one that I didn't convert. So I did another transaction for that one and ended up basically losing all the money because yeah. the, the, the transaction fees were yeah. so high for just that one. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot of trial and error. And I feel like at least crypto.com uh, I, this isn't an ad for crypto.com yeah. like i can transfer i can transfer my fiat into my fiat account on crypto.com within like five ten minutes it's there and i can just buy my assets have them there stake them and they're good however obviously there is the risk as with ftx as with anything so yeah it's a bit as i well, said it's a bit of a scary time <laughs> So do, do we think that overall what we should really be doing is a stash system? We Maybe should have... Christmas, you should get yourself a ledger. 
it's a good idea. I thought the stash system was we transfer all our crypto to stash and he puts it on his ledge. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then we'll, I will we'll, update you your balances yeah. every year, if that's okay. okay. I promise I won't leverage trade. <laughs> stash, stash TX. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, I'm not trading with your assets. Not at all, boys. No problems. No, I think... <laughs> I think it's been a really good discussion and it, it, I think it's really interesting as well for people who might be listening to go, actually, well, what are the options that people have got out there? You know, because a lot of people, you might think, oh, you get on exchange and that's what you do because that's how it works. But actually there are options of using a different wallet. I would say for anyone starting to get involved in crypto, I would take a hundred pounds or something, something like that. It doesn't need to be a hundred pounds, but a, a bit of money, log up to... Log on to a website, be it Binance, uh, you know, Kraken, Coinbase, whatever. Put your money in and buy some crypto, right? And then send it around to some places, sending a quid or two quid or whatever you need to at a time. Go, okay, how do I send it to a trust wallet? How do I do this? How do I do that? And that £50 investment of learning how crypto flows through the system will is so important. Because if you just put it on Coinbase, let it sit there, you'll never learn. And also, and like, like you can do like a swap, be like, okay, let's see how liquidity pool works. And, and you know, just be like, I don't mind if this loses 10% of its value because that's only a fiver. I'm learning. And then also I would advise as well as an accountant, put it in some sort of tax software and just see how it flows. So make sure you understand your tax implications as well of how that's flowing. Because sometimes, I don't know if you, you boys are up to date on your tax, but sometimes people do stuff we need to do an episode on tax i'll do a private call with you boys we're like right lads this is you are absolutely up this creek um but no I, I think like but that would be my advice would be put 50 quid in or whatever play around with it make sure that you know how to send it what you'll do is you'll end up probably sending uh you'll send some token on the wrong token you'll send an erc20 to the wrong type of wallet and go oh it's, it's gone and then you have to learn and go and find it and i just think that because who hasn't done that before boys who hasn't sent a token and gone that's gone you've never no, done that i've never done that i have <laughs> absolutely done that oh, so, <laughs> but but you learn what happens and you learn how to find it and and that's what that to me is, is invaluable but it cost me 50 quid but <laughs> I, I would Detective say James on the case <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but but I think it would also help you get to grips with things like Etherscan or like a Tezscan or whatever because you could flow through and be like okay this is my wallet how does this go okay I put it on a, a swap and then it comes out or whatever you know Uniswap pancakes or whatever um and I, I honestly think that that would be a really advantageous thing and to set up a few accounts and get how they work and like stashes go okay how do I do a burner wallet? Because I didn't know how to do that. I'm going to get Stash to teach me. But it would be really useful to be like, how, how do I do this? What are the advantages of doing it? And just learning? Because the best way to learn is to do. Yeah, I think. And also being a friendly, positive person in the crypto environment is really important because there are so many toxic people out there. And I, I, I feel like we just want to spread some like good positive vibes to people and just to make it to see it like it's easier. Like it's Friend, not a- friendly and positive, but not gullible. Yes, not yeah. gullible. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the caveat. That's, well, I think that's potentially why so many people are a bit aggy because they've been burnt before and they're like, I'm not doing this again. That's, do you know what I mean? I've been down that road. It doesn't end well. Yeah. But 
but yeah, I, that would be my advice to someone starting out would be put some money into an exchange, send it to some soft wallets, get yourself a Ledger Nano or Ledger Nano S or X, whatever they're called, for Christmas, <laughs> have a little play around, get yourself a, a burn box. But I, it's I, a good plan, actually. I can ask for it for Christmas. Yeah, perfect. See, I this, mean, it's I, not that expensive, is it? Um, I think, no, I think between £80 between the two different X. I'd get the X because it's slightly better, bigger, and it can store more crypto and it's more secure. That's what yeah. I'd say. Cool. Have we got anything cool. else we'd like to talk about, boys? Or is that... We'll just show what our, our wins and losses are for our FOMO. Okay, right. So fear of missing out. You, no one, no one who didn't buy, who bought crypto last week to this week has missed out. Right, the only thing you've missed out on is losing money. Um, yeah. we, we we weren't very good on our United front, and we've bought me and Chris have bought the same coin. Oh well, um, and Stash has bought something a bit different. But I bought Atom, which is a an episode on all on its own. It's like a really cool blockchain. Um, I have no twenty. Sorry. 17 pounds out of the 25 pounds I invested a week ago. I have 15 pounds 41 out of the 25 pounds I invested in investing. Drum roll, please. 17 pounds 48. Oh, you're a winner. Uh, yeah, so, um, obviously, we'll keep track of it because this was definitely not the right week to do. Like, Maybe this week will be the better one, question mark, or is it just going to plummet oh, again? Who knows? You haven't made losses till you sell. So at the moment, yeah, we're, 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 up, like, right? yeah. we're, we're not upset. We're all even. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely. Um, are we FOMOing this week? We, we're sticking with that FOMO, aren't we, until the world... Uh, I think we'll stick with that one, yeah, for now. Absolutely. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. Yes, sir. But yeah, we'll stick with that, <laughs> we'll stick with that FOMO for this week. We'll update people uh, when the World Cup kicks off and see see all the fun with that. Yeah. yeah that was that was Weaving World Free for this week. I'm James. Thank you very much. I'm Chris. And I'm Flash. Have a lovely week. Let's all do the big hands. Bye. <laughs>